everybody, hello, and welcome to another episode of Uncle Tom Talks. You know who the man behind Uncle Tom Talks is. I know who he is, and I'm blessed for it. He's a good friend of mine, and he might call me a bruiser, but I don't want to see the next the next that he snaps. So let's bring him on. He's Derek Wilburn. Oh yeah, get it, Derek. How you doing tonight? I'm in the zone, baby. I am in the zone. You look it. Welcome to yet another installment of Uncle Tom Talks. Yes, I am your Uncle Tom. Also known as Dad, also known as Husband, also known as Friend, also known as Derek Wilburn. And I have been doing, this is the 10th installment, the 10th episode. This is an anniversary. The 10th installment of Uncle Tom Talks. We have been having an absolute blast. I hope you've been following along. If not, the shows, the podcasts are all archived at conservative-daily.com. Click on Uncle Tom Talks. But this is live. This is for real. This is up front and in your face. And today, I'm going to talk about debt, spending, and the way the liberals are preying on the ignorance of the American people. And, you know, being ignorant is not a good thing. There's nothing good about being ignorant. And listen, being ignorant and being stupid is not the same thing. We've made the mistake in our society of, of confusing those terms as being synonymous. They're not. You can be ignorant, but be very intelligent. I'm ignorant. There's lots of things I'm ignorant about. I'm ignorant when it comes to sailing. I don't know how to sail. Uh, you put me on a ship or on a, on a boat, on a lake or in the ocean or whatever, a sailboat, a single mass sailboat, a double mass, a tw- twin mass, a quadruple mass, whatever. I don't have any idea. If there isn't somebody there to show me how to make that thing move, I'm going to lower the sail and sit there dead in the water until help comes because I'm ignorant. I just don't know what I'm doing. So being ignorant and being stupid aren't the same thing. But we have people in this country that are they're so ignorant in terms of what is taking place in our government. They just don't know. It's not that they're stupid. They just literally don't know. They're not paying attention. So you're watching this show. You're watching this podcast. So chances are very good that this isn't the only podcast you watch. Chances are very good that you various news sites to stay informed and be somewhat of an activist yourself. You're active in, you're active in your local conservative circles or Republican circles. If that's how you roll, uh, you show up to help campaign, uh, to help phone bank, whatever. You're, you're plugged in and you have a fundamental understanding of how our system of government works and doing your part to be involved. I just described a minority of Americans. Most people, they're simply ignorant. They just don't know. that. I think most people have just thrown their hands up to say, ah, oh, those idiots in Washington, D.C., can't trust him as far as you can throw them anyway. Republicans, Democrats, what's the difference? I don't have anything to do with any of that stuff. And they just checked out, and they literally just don't know. I mean, we have somewhere between, what, about 110 to 120 million people that vote every four years in every general election. You know, usually the the the... the Candidates at the top of the ticket are getting somewhere between about 50 and 53 million votes. Now, that went way up when Trump showed up on the scene. And all of a sudden, we jumped into the 60s. And depending upon who you believe, Joe Biden got even on top of that. 
But even if we say that Trump and Biden combined got 65 million each, that's only 130 million in a country of, 100, of 325 million. So you've got half who don't even bother to show up to vote. They sure enough don't know what's going on in terms of legislative uh, agenda. They don't know what's going on in terms of spending. They don't know what's going on in terms of departmental activities. You and I have been following last show. I broke down some of the radical appointees that the Biden administration is attempting to get seated into positions in the federal government. They don't know who those people are, what those positions are. They just don't know. So that lack of knowledge is being preyed upon, in my belief, by politicians, frankly, on both sides of the aisle. They both do it. But the Democrats right now are so bound and determined to ram through their vision of a socialist utopia, of a cradle-to-grave governing structure where the government has control of as many aspects of private life as possible. They are so determined to, get, to bring that to fruition, to make that happen, that they don't care how much money gets spent, how much debt we place on our great, great, great grandchildren, and they don't care what they say to the American people. The ends justify the means. If getting the agenda they want activated requires a little wink, wink, nudge, nudge, or a big wink, wink, nudge, nudge, so be it. They don't have a problem with it. This is clear that they don't have a problem with it. And I'm going to spotlight that as we talk about spending and the build back bankrupt bill uh, law. The, the, these, the spending going on in Washington, D.C., it's, first of all, it's just it's out of control, period. No matter who, the, the, the idea that the federal government is spending the kind of money it's spending, regardless of who's in control, is, is there aren't even words to describe what they're doing to us financially now there are a lot of people again a lot of people just don't know there are a lot of people who know but just don't care they don't think it's any big deal the piper has to get paid in this scenario the piper has to get paid this debt that they are shackling our great 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 grandchildren with is real taxes are going to have to be raised to god only knows what levels at some point so let's say you're you you are a holder of a debt instrument of the United States government. Okay, so the government issues treasury bills, treasury bonds. I mean, the government issues debt. People purchase that debt. Many of those people live in foreign countries. Many of those people or governing entities or other sorts of agencies live in other countries and speak Chinese. They purchase these debt instruments that promise the repayment of principal along with interest, right? That's how it works. What are the chances of those people all saying, well, you know what, America, you blew it. That's okay. You don't have to pay me back. Don't worry about it. I'll just forgive that. I'll just look the other way. That's never going to happen. The debt that we are accumulating will have to be repaid, period. And it's unbelievable what they're doing. So the Build Back Bankrupt. This thing is, how do I want to approach this? Let, let's put up, um, oh, I didn't introduce the heavyweight champion of the world. I, I do this show from, from the bunker. It's, however, from somewhere else in the world. It's produced at the mothership, and the mothership is manned 
by a man who is the two-time heavyweight defending champion of the world. Whether you know this or not, Apollo Creed actually does produce this show. Yes, that's true. And I'll tell you what, I've been watching Uncle Tom Talks. You, you hear me refer to the two-time heavyweight champion quite frequently. Um, on the second... He's the former heavyweight champion of the world, and this is what he does now. So uh, I, I mentioned this on an episode. <laughs> yeah, I, took, I took a quieter life. You did what? I, uh, I settled for a quieter life. Yeah, clearly. Clearly, yeah. Yeah, Lamborghinis and, well, actually, you got killed. Um, in, you don't got to say it that IV. way. You don't got to say it that way, all right? Yeah, Dolph Lundgren put the final nail in your, if he dies, he dies. Uh, we don't say his name anyway, in there. Dolph Lundgren, we don't? It's my show. Yes, I do. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Why don't we say his name? I don't know anything about this. He this killed me, man. Whack job. Oh, well, I don't have a problem with that. I mean, you, you've got, you're like a cat. You're on life number seven. But uh, for those who don't know, so I've done enough radio to know. I had a great radio mentor to tell me upon, upon a time that you don't, on air, you don't have inside jokes. Right. People, people don't people don't like it when the host of the show can't see. Of course, you can't see me now. But when the, when the hosts are sitting there yucking it up over something and they're not in on the joke. So every now and then I'm going to drop a dime on why I why I call the producer of the show, the heavyweight champion of the world, two time heavyweight champion. Uh, the producer of the show's real name is Apollo. That's true. On his birth certificate, his first name is Apollo. So I just stuck Creed on there, and here we are. Uh, Apollo Creed works for me. So there's the inside joke. I'm going to move on to image number. Actually, no, let's not do image number. Get get cut number. Um, get cut number one. Ready to roll, uh, heavyweight champion. So I'm going to go take us back in time. So again, we're talking about build back bankrupt, right? Now. Every time these people get up there and try to sell us on why we need to spend these astronomical amounts of money, what do they claim? We need to rebuild our infrastructure. We've got crumbling roads and bridges. We've got outdated, antiquated airports. We've got to upgrade our electrical grid. We've got to upgrade our, our gas, our natural gas delivery grid. We've got to do all these things. We've got to, we've got to get uh, broadband data delivery into every school in America. We've got to get every household in America that has access to high-speed internet, all these grand infrastructure spending plans that they have. And this is how they sell it. They get up on TV in front of the country and say, well, yeah, I'm asking you for a lot of money. Now, 20 years ago, they wanted $30 million. Then they wanted $300 million. Then they wanted $900 million. Now they want $1.3 trillion. It never ends. And why do they want it? They want it for the same thing, to build train stations, to put trains in, to put in airports, to, to fix our crumbling roads and bridges, all this stuff. What happens to that money? So I'm gonna take us back to the first year of Barack Obama's presidency. Barack Obama, of course, signed into law the American Recovery and Reinvestment Act of 2009. So stimulus one which was around $900 billion. How much money we're talking about? $900 billion of 2009 money. 
And then he signed stimulus two, stimulus three, stimulus four, stimulus five. It just never stopped. And he kept getting up in front of the country and saying, we've got to rebuild our crumbling roads and bridges as justification for all this crazy spending. So I have taken, he chose Denver, Colorado, uh, where uh, I'm very near to there right now, just a little ways down the road. And that's where he, of course, accepted the nomination at the DNC, the Democrat National Committee uh, Convention in 2008. Uh, so he chose Denver to hop up on stage and to sign and to push the American Recovery and Reinvestment Act of 2009. So remember, this is 2009. So I'm going to take that there. Now, I've whittled this. this the whole thing was a a little over five and a half minutes. I've whittled it down to about three minutes because he spends the first two minutes thanking so-and-so and thanking so-and-so. And we couldn't have done this without so-and-so's leadership and all this other stuff. So what I'm going to do is we're just going to play it through start to finish. It's about three minutes. Then I'm going to go back and dissect this thing. And you're going to see how this ties into Build Back Bankrupt because it's the same stuff. Just different time, different place, different people. But this is the exact playbook that they've been running on the ignorance of the American people since well before 2009. But uh, I'm just going back to 2009 because prior to the uh, internet was, even this isn't, isn't the HD quality that you and I have become accustomed to in 2021. Heavyweight champion, let's roll with cut number one. I also want to thank Joe Biden for working behind the scenes from the very start to make this Recovery Act possible. I want to yeah, thank, thank Speaker you, Pelosi and Harry Reid for acting so quickly and for proving that Congress could step up to this challenge. I have special thanks to Max Baucus, who's the chairman of the Finance Committee. Without Max, none of this would have happened. He had to work overtime and push his committee to work overtime. And I want to thank all the committee chairs and members of Congress for coming up with a plan that is both bold and balanced enough to meet the demands of this moment. The American people were looking to them for leadership, and that's what they provided. Now, what makes this recovery plan so important is not just that it will create or save three and a half million jobs over the next two years, including 60,000 plus here in Colorado. It's that we're putting Americans to work, doing the work that America needs done in critical areas. in critical areas that have been neglected for too long, work that will bring real and lasting change for generations to come. Because we know we can't build our economic future on the transportation and information networks of the past. We are remaking the American landscape with the largest new investment in our nation's infrastructure since Eisenhower built an interstate highway system in the 1950s. Because of this investment, nearly 400,000 men and women will go to work rebuilding our crumbling roads and bridges, repairing our faulty dams and levees, bringing critical broadband connections to businesses and homes in nearly every community in America, upgrading mass transit, building high-speed rail lines that will improve travel and commerce throughout our nation. Because we know America can't outcompete the world tomorrow if our children are being out-educated today, we're making the largest investment in education in our nation's history. 
It's, it's an investment that will create jobs building 21st century classrooms and libraries and labs for millions of children across America. It'll provide funds to train a new generation of math and science teachers while giving aid to states and school districts to stop teachers from being laid off and education programs from being cut. In a place like New York City, 14,000 teachers who were set to be let go may now be able to continue pursuing their critical mission. It's an investment that will create a new $2,500 annual tax credit to put the dream of a college degree within reach for middle-class families and make college affordable for 7 million students, helping more of our sons and daughters aim higher, reach further, fulfill their God-given potential. Mm -hmm. Okay, so um, one of Barack Obama's favorite lines was fixing our crumbling roads and bridges. He said fixing our crumbling roads and bridges or our crumbling roads and bridges in virtually every state of the union address. He said it when he just now, he said it every time he signed anything that was asking to re-spend trillions and billions of dollars. This is from the Seattle Times. You're going to see where I'm going here. Stick with me. This is an excerpt from the Seattle Times. So you may recall it, the Saget, the bridge that collapsed in Washington State over the Saget River. Remember when this happened? I believe that was 2010. That bridge collapsed. It was a terrible catastrophe. The loss of life could have been much, much worse, but it, any loss of life for something like that is, is one too many. But uh, if you don't remember, scratch your brain cells. So this is immediately after that bridge collapsed. This was a bridge on Interstate 5 over the Sackett, over the Sackage River, S-K-A-G-I-T. It's about 90 miles south of Seattle. And this was, this was major headlines, and right, rightfully so. It was a catastrophe. From the Seattle Times, there are more than 700 bridges in Washington State with worse efficiency scores than the bridge that collapsed into the Skakit River last Thursday night. According to federal records, the bridge in question has a sufficiency of 57.4 out of 100, which is well below the state average of 80. Yet, 759 other bridges have even worse marks. Okay, you got that? So 759 bridges in one state alone, let alone the rest of the country. But we spent $900 billion to fix our crumbling roads and bridges. There's 759 of them that are below proficiency in Washington state all by itself. What happened to my money? I counted, I was taking notes, uh, I, I probably missed a couple, but I counted Obama using the word invest or investment six times in that two or three minutes. Now, you know what invest is, right? It's code for spend. So crumbling roads and bridges is code for invest. Invest is code for spend. Spend is code for tax. That's how it works. They can't come right out and say, look, we want to we want to spend a, a money you don't have. They can't come right out and say, we want to raise your taxes. So they come out and say, we're going to fix our crumbling roads and bridges. We're going to provide broadband internet to every school in America. 
These things sound great, but have any of these things happened? Obama started off by saying this thing is going to create 3.5 million jobs. Don't know if that happened or not. Highly doubt it. We're going to provide broadband in nearly every community in America. All these things the government is going to do. And people eat it up because they're ignorant. They sit there and listen to the president talking about spending $900 billion and creating 3 million jobs and fixing roads and bridges and upgrading airports and putting all these trains in. And say to themselves, oh, this is good. Yeah, okay, good. Go get them. Let that, that's a good spend investment of my money. Where'd that money go? Poof. Where did it go? Where are our repaired roads and bridges? According to the Seattle Times, 759 other bridges, other than the one that collapsed and killed all those people, have worse marks than the one that collapsed. 759 in one alone. The government is not able to fulfill these promises. They simply make these promises as justification for spending all your money. And now we're not even spending your money, we're spending your great, great, great grandchildren's money. So if you didn't know, heavyweight champion, I'm going to go to the Zero Hedge web page now. I did this to you in my show notes. Don't know if you can put it on. It doesn't matter if you can't. But this is from Zero Hedge. This just happened today. Headline is Dems boost debt ceiling by $2.5 trillion. So your great-great-grandchildren's debt ceiling went up by $2.5 trillion. Update. 1745 ET 1745 that's of course using the international the international clock 24-hour clock and by the way if you don't use the international clock if you're not accustomed to using that it's very simple just take the number and subtract 12 um, to get the time in in 12. the u.s senate has voted to increase the country's debt ceiling by 2.5 trillion dollars enough to fund operations through early 2023 so we buy another year by a 50 to 49 party line vote, the plan is sent to President Biden's desk for his signature. Of course, he'll sign it. Responsible governing has won on this ex extreme, exceedingly important issue. Responsible, said Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer of the increased borrowing. The American people can breathe easy and rest assured there will not be a default. The current federal debt is $28.9 trillion. $28.9 trillion, and Secret Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen has warned that the government could have difficulty meeting its obligations after December 15th. What's that, tomorrow? Though outside analysts have said the government had a bit more time. So $28.9 trillion that they can't service, so they give themselves, they, they bump the credit card spending limit up another $2.5 trillion. Yet they're passing bills as fast as they can, spending more and more and more and more money 
despite the fact that people are hurting and it, I just saw Joe Altman talking on the last show about how people went without a turkey at, Christmas, at Thanksgiving this year because turkeys are 50 bucks when they're normally 16. So despite, despite the fact that people are struggling to put a ham on the table, literally, they are so determined to implement their socialist, globalist, utopian flea bag of a policy agenda that they'll just keep spending us into oblivion. And they do it by coming on TV and saying what Chuck Schumer just said. The American people can breathe easier. This is a good thing. We're going to repair roads and bridges. We're going to put high-speed broadband into every school in America. And selling these lies come right into the Americans, into, into your living room and lie right to your face. Chuck Schumer, this is this is the best thing that happened. We uh, sleep sleep well tonight, Americans. We raise the debt limit and sell it as if it's a good thing. And because so many of the American population, so much of our population, tens and tens and tens of millions of people are just ignorant. They just don't know that they hear that and they think, good, oh, that's good, okay. Well, that's good, we raised the debt ceiling. Good, we dodged that bullet, this is good. This isn't good, this is horrible. But this is what they're doing. And so let's bring it back to Build Back Bankrupt. So Build Back Bankrupt. I was going to run the Obama clip again and break it down, but you you heard it. All those promises. Just ask yourself, where is that money? Or if not, where's the money? Where are the results? Okay, we spent $900 billion to do the 17 things he, he ticked off the list we're going to do. Where is it? Are there new high-speed trains in your community, in your city, that were built by the federal government or even built by local government but subsidized by the feds? We don't have any high-speed trains where I live. And if any place needs them, it's the American West. Not that I'm a fan of train this, this boondoggle anyway. But Colorado, Arizona, Mexico, Texas. You ever drive the American West? Okay, this isn't like Philadelphia to New York City. Okay, you give a guy in Wyoming a rancher in Wyoming, an electric car with a 200 mile range or 250 miles it can go before it needs charging up again. That thing is as useless to a Wyoming rancher as a hammer is to a tuna fish. If any place needs high speed rail like they've got in Japan and stuff, these bullet trains and what have you, it's out here. We have counties. In this state, in Colorado, we have counties that are larger than states in the east. I live in Colorado District 5. One of our counties is Park County. Park County, Colorado, in terms of land mass, in terms of square acreage, Park County, Colorado is larger than New Hampshire. And it's just a county. If we were ever going to build bullet trains, people from here to here at 300 miles on the ground, you'd put them out here. There are no bullet trains. We were told for $900 billion, we'll get a couple of them. We didn't get any of them. And we never will. Because Build Back Bankrupt, just like the American Recovery and Reinvestment Act of 2009, just like Stimulus 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, and 17, none of these things are going to do what these people claim they want to spend the money to do. Because what they are interested in is things like image five image five heavyweight champion of the world so tell you we're putting in broadband we're repairing schools we're replacing crumbling roads and bridges and all this crap no they're not 
This is what's happening. Build Back Bankrupt includes $555 billion for clean energy and climate incentives in building, transportation, industrial, and power sectors. Okay, how, how's, that build, how's that putting broadband in your school? Okay, how's that paying teachers a little bit more? Encourages companies to create clean energy tech like solar panels and wind turbines. A portion of these investments go to states with high poverty rates like West Virginia. Cuts the cost of an electric car for the middle class by as much as $12,500 and reduces the cost of rooftop solar for homeowners and businesses by 30%. And you can go right through the rest of it. If you actually want to sit and read the American Recovery and Reinvestment Act of 2009 or the Build Back Bankrupt Act of 2021, you go through there and you find all this green utopia socialist funneling money to green sector companies like Solyndra that end up going broke because the market, they can't provide a product or a service that the market is willing to compensate them for so they can survive. Therefore, the government has to come along and give them your money. You'll find more green idiot schemes funneling money into blue states and all kinds of other stuff except repairing that highway that you drive down every day. Yet they get up there in front of the world, in front of the country, and lie right to our faces and claim this is really what we're going to do. So there was a phenomenal op-ed. I'm going to read this in its entirety. I very seldom read. I don't like to read to you. I don't think people like being read to. You, you, you can read. You, you don't need me for that. But um, Congressman Dan Newhouse of Central Washington, an agricultural district and of course most districts are agricultural most states are agricultural yeah illinois of course you've got that great big blue dot up there on the lake chicago but the rest of the state is basically a red rural agricultural state california yeah you've got those great big blue dots over there on the coast but you get into the inner portions of this of the state you've got basically an agricultural red state and that's true of pretty much every state in the country, certainly those west of Pennsylvania. You know, once you get past Philly and past Pittsburgh and stuff, you get these states out here. Colorado has got that great big, huge blue dot right in the middle, Denver Boulder. But the rest of the state, you've got a fundamentally red agricultural state. But the agricultural communities, the agricultural counties, the agricultural districts are so sparsely populated that they can't take down the 800 pound gorilla over there on the lake. And so the metropolitan areas tend to dictate policy agenda for the entire state. And that is oftentimes what happens. And that's certainly the case in Washington because this Congressman, Dan Newhouse, I don't know Dan Newhouse, I don't believe I've ever met him, but he represents a, a rural agricultural portion of Washington state. Most people think Washington state is a solidly blue state, and it is, but that's just because of that great big three million person blue dot over there on the coast. But here's what he wrote. He titled this uh, column, this this was an op-ed he, he authored, I'm not sure where all it ran, uh, but he titled it, Build Back Broke. I like Build Back Bankrupt, but whatever. Uh, heavyweight champ, you may have this link. If so, you can put it up on screen. But uh, I'm going to read it right off of the web, his website, Congressman Dan Newhouse. 
President Biden is so focused on passing the so-called Build Back Better Act that he has completely missed multiple warning signs that his failed policies are leading our country straight toward disaster. He hasn't missed signs. They haven't missed these signs. They just don't care. They want their socialist utopia at all costs. Inflation, check. Supply chain crisis, check. Energy shortage, check. Labor, nowhere to be found. If something isn't working, most people would change course or try a different tactic. But the Democrat leadership and President Biden are instead doubling down on their plan of attack, refusing to listen to the American families who are already struggling to make ends meet. According to the nonpartisan Tax Policy Center, President Biden's massive tax and spend package would cost roughly 20 to 30 percent of middle income households to pay more in taxes next year in 2022. They don't care. It's a known fact that the increased government spending that increased government spending leads to higher inflation. Duh. And we're seeing that play out in real time. Inflation recently hit a 31-year high, making it expensive to do or buy just about any. The supply chain bottlenecks we're experiencing in ports and roads across the country are exacerbating the issue, contributing to goods shortages and ensuing, ensuring higher prices. It should also be noted that inflation is rising faster than wages. While there is a four-tenth of a percent rise in wages, inflation increases as 0.9%, meaning real average hourly earnings when accounting for inflation actually decreased one-half of 1% for the month. Thanks to President Biden, a raise has become less of a celebration and more of a necessity. It's no surprise that the local fast food restaurants are offering $15 an hour as their starting wage, but still can't find employees to fill these jobs. President Biden's restrictions on domestic energy production have directly led to skyrocketing gasoline prices as we rely more and more on dirty foreign oil, which coincidentally also increases global emissions. Just last month, gas prices shot up nearly 50% from the same month a year prior, putting them at, at the highest levels seen since 2014. Gee, who was the president in 2014? Unfortunately, it's the local family-owned small business like the ones we rely upon in central Washington that are being hit the hardest. On top of burdensome wage increases our local businesses are facing, President Biden's Build Back Bankrupt Act creates what is being referred to as a small business surtax by extending existing passive income taxes and applying them to active income. The thresholds for these taxes are not adjusted for inflation, so when costs continue to rise, more and more small businesses will be taxed an increasing percentage of their income every year. When combined with other surtaxes on certain pass-through businesses, Democrats' tax changes in the Build Back Bankrupt Act create a 48.8% federal effective tax rate on pass-through business income before even considering state and local taxes. And Congress still doesn't know how much the bill will cost the American people. The Congressional Budget Office has only scored 3% of the massive tax and spending spree. The outlook is grim. Imposing significant tax increases, inflexible mandates, and massive new civil monetary penalties on small businesses 
will only compound the problems Americans are facing and further damage our economy as we try to overcome the long-standing effects of the pandemic. Now is the time to correct course. Work together to rebuild our economy to the highs we hit before the pandemic and do something else, like lowering taxes for hardworking American families and expanding opportunity for small businesses to thrive in our communities. However, if President Biden and the Democratic leadership refuse to see reason and successfully push their partisan Build Back Bankrupt Act through Congress, the only thing they're going to be building is a pathway to broke. Done. Says it all. But here's the thing. They don't care. Biden ran on a platform. And listen, they don't hide it. He ran on a platform of increasing taxes. Said he was going to repeal the Trump tax cuts, the Trump, the 2017 tax cuts. I'm going to repeal those. Now, of course, they sell it by it's only going to affect the rich. And again, that's preying on the ignorant. We're only going to raise taxes on the wealthy and on corporations. And people who are not wealthy think to themselves, well, that's good. They don't understand that corporations, companies don't pay any taxes. They don't pay any taxes. You raise prices on a corporation. They don't just throw their hands up in the air and say, oh, well, there goes a portion of our profits. That really sucks for us. No, that's not how it works. When they raise taxes are a cost of doing business, just like raw materials, just like labor. They've got all kinds, you know, there's all kinds of costs of doing business. Taxes are one of them. So when the government raises taxes on corporations, that box of 20 number five envelopes that you used to pay $1.96 for, now you pay $2.11 for. The turkey you used to get for $16.99 now is $28.99. Companies don't pay taxes. They just pass them right through to us, to the consumers. That's called inflation. Now, the people at the top of the Democratic Party, these people aren't idiots, well, for the most part. They're educated. They know this. They know what I'm saying is true. They're completely aware. They aren't scratching their heads wondering why is gasoline so expensive. They know as well as you and I exactly why the cost of the pump is what it is. The thing is, the cost of the pump is what they want it to be. I covered this in a previous podcast. They want us paying what we're paying for gasoline right now. They want this. It's undeniable. And I can, here's, here's the proof. If they really wanted gas prices to come back down, all anyone would have to do is look at what Trump did. Okay, gas prices are sky high at the end of the Obama presidency. Within a few months of Trump being in office, they're coming down, and after a couple of years, they're nice and low. And then within a couple of minutes of Biden being in office, they're right back where they were under Obama. All anybody with a brain would have to do is say, why don't we just look at what Trump did and do that? We don't need any new policies. We don't need any new czar. We don't need to do any analysis. This is easy. Whatever Trump did worked, we'll just replicate Trump's policies. We'll just do what he did. But they haven't done that, and they won't do that. Because what we're paying for gas right now is what they want us paying. What you're paying at the grocery store right now is what they want you paying. 
all of this is planned and and i hate and i'm not conspiratorial the the, the evidence is everywhere everything you see happening in the country and in your community under the democrat watch is going according to democrat plan so crime is out of control in our in our metropolitan cities we all know this this is no secret we see it on the internet all the time these hooligans smashing storefront windows with their skateboards then jumping through the window and stealing as much as they can carry and all these smash and grabs going on and burning and looting you go to downtown any city usa any major city usa go to downtown and drive around you see the same thing instead of storefronts having windows they now have plyboard Okay, they're all boarded up because they've been busted in. That's Philly, that's Chicago, that's Detroit, that's Los Angeles, that's every city in the country. Because the liberals who run those cities have eliminated cash bail. I mean, they've put policies in place that have encouraged crime. One of those people is Rachel Rollins. Rachel Rollins was elected district attorney for Suffolk County, Massachusetts. That's Boston, Massachusetts. She won her election in 2018, 16 or 18, one or the other. Far left liberal, typical San Francisco DA, Chicago DA, they're all the same. Far left wing criminal embracing district attorney. She published to her website, to the Suffolk County District Attorney's website, she published a list of crimes that they are no longer going to be prosecuting. That included larceny, that included receiving stolen goods, all sorts of drug crimes, resisting arrest, published a whole bunch of things. They didn't just reduce them from felony to misdemeanor. She said, we're not gonna prosecute these things at all. It's not prosecutable. And the exact results that you'd expect in Boston is exactly what happened, just like every other city in the country. Violent crime is up, theft is up, shoplifting is up, assaults are up, arsons are up, everything is up. So what has the Biden administration done about it? They went to Rachel Rollins and promoted her. Appointed her federal prosecutor for the district. Said, you're doing a great job with all this rising crime do that for the whole region not just for one city so that's why i tell you what's happening is what they want happening okay the proof is everywhere there's a piece of proof right there there they don't have a problem with all this escalating crime they could stop it like that lori lightfoot or the the what's her name the mayor of uh, mayor of portland they, they see the crime in the streets they could stop it like that wouldn't be hard But what do they do instead? Defund the police, empower criminals, let people out of jail, no bail, New York City, cashless bail. So this guy who burned down the Fox News Christmas tree, beautiful, beautiful structure, burned it down, arson, burned it to the ground. Who knows how much money that cost the the people of New York City for the fire department to respond and, and trucks and man hours and what have you, not to mention what it cost Fox News, that cat was back out on the street the next day because his crime, public arson of a giant Christmas tree, that thing is 30, 40 feet tall, does not qualify as a bail, as as a bail offense. So he's right back on the street. So they take these criminals who are doing all these things in these cities, 
make them pinky swear to show up on their court date and let them walk right back out. They know these people aren't stupid. They know the result of that. They know the crime's going up and they, they could stop it if they wanted to. They won't because what's happening is what they want happening. So the Build Back Bankrupt, what's happening with Build Back Bankrupt is exactly what they want happening. And they're going to promise to rebuild crumbling roads and bridges and all this stuff when what you're really going to get is a green utopia socialist cradle to grave government runs everything fest at the expense of your great 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 grandchildren heavyweight champion of the world tell me if you can put this image up so this isn't an image that i included in the show lineup but rather for the thumbnail i sent you an image of a cartoon drawn by gary varvel can you put that on screen while he's working on that folks by the way if you don't have gary varvel v-a-r-v-e-l if you don't have Gavel's website bookmarked you should this guy is brilliant there it is now this is old this is a couple of years ago so this is it only says 20 trillion we're now up to 28 trillion and some change that is what build back bankrupt that is what american recovery and reinvestment act that is what all of these massive spending bills this is truly what's happening right here your great 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 grandchildren are being airmailed the debt the, 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 the bill to service the debt we're accumulating today is being airmailed to generations long from being born just so these people can put windmills on the plains and give billions of dollars to their friends who run green energy companies that cannot survive without government intervention. Can't do it. They, they, can't, they can't survive. Unless the government comes along and pumps them full of cash, they cannot survive. Solyndra Exhibit A, but there's lots of other exhibits. They don't believe in the free market. See, like 75 watt incandescent light bulbs are a thing of the past, right? Legislated them out of existence. And instead want us all buying these little squiggly bulbs, whatever they're called, or LEDs or, or whatever. Here's the thing, if these new light bulbs were superior if they provided more light and did it using less energy caused people's electric bills to go down what have you if they were a competitive product that is superior to the old one you wouldn't need the government to come along and pass laws banning and outlawing the old light bulbs the marketplace would take care of that all by itself but they aren't believers in the free market there's that bumper sticker that you've seen and it's brilliant it says liberalism ideas so good they ought to be mandatory and that sums it all up right there so they come into your living room and say we're going to get broadband to junior high schools in peoria that money never makes it to peoria those schools if they do get broadband it comes from the local school district's money from the local taxpayers, not from the federal government. They're gonna fix our roads and blizzards, all this stuff. And what we get, green energy festival of spending.
and people fall for it. Millions upon millions upon millions upon tens of millions of Americans fall for it. They fell for it in 2009. They fell for it last month. They're going to fall for it in 2029. The only difference is instead of 28 trillion in the hole, we'll be 90 trillion in the hole. And some president, Obama light, will, will work his or her way up through the ranks and say, you know what? We have bridges in Washington state that need to be repaired. We have got to spend this money to fix those bridges. They'll get it rammed through Congress. They'll spend another $3 trillion. Not a dime will go to those bridges. And green company XYZ will get a $50 million subsidy check in the mail. That is the hustle that's going on in Washington, D.C. right now. And it's empowered and it is driven by the ignorance of the American populace. And I hate to say that. I hate to say that. But average man on the street, no idea. No idea. They passed a trillion dollar bill to fix our roads and bridges. Good. They need fixing. If you've been following Uncle Tom Talks, you know how this show closes every week. We close with the internet game sensation that is sweeping the globe. Okay, they can't wait for this segment in Singapore. That's how popular this has gotten. And I'm talking right now about real fake news. Real fake headlines. This is how the game gets played. If you've never played real fake headlines before, get ready for a, you, you're, you're not going to get to sleep tonight. I'm going to put up, or the heavyweight champion of the world, I'm going to read, he's going to put up four headlines. Of these four headlines, three are real. I found them somewhere on the internet. One is fake. I simply made it up. Your job, humble viewer, is to determine the fake. Four headlines. Three are real. One is fake. Tonight, if you successfully identify the fake headline, the prize is going to make all your dreams come true. In fact, that is the prize. If you successfully figure out which one's the fake, I personally guarantee all your dreams will come true. That's the prize, okay? Me to you. And that's from right here. Headline number one. Headline number one. I don't even have headline. Where is headline number one? I'm going to have to read it off my screen, Apollo. There we go. Uh, I'm having a computer. A heavyweight champ, will you read number one? I can't, I can't, I can't see it. Absolutely. Headline number one is failed. Oh, never mind. I've got it now. You've got it? All right. Back to you. Yeah. Who asked you, man? Don't you mind your business? Come on. What are you, what are you buttoning on the show all the time for? Stay in your lane. Failed Biden nominee suing Congressional Committee for allegedly slanderous questioning. Headline number two. Man, I'm having all kinds of... I'm, I might have just trash-talked the heavyweight champ a little bit early. Uh, here we go. Headline number two. Lynn Graham warns Build Back Better is a spending orgy. 
Headline number three, Trudeau. This is Justin Trudeau, the Prime Minister of, uh, of Canada. Justin uh, Trudeau's progressive policy could jail parents who treat their children's gender dysphoria. Uh, dysphoria. And headline number four, Kamala Harris bought $375 pot on Paris trip. Okay. Okay, so think about those. I'm going to, we'll give them to you one more time. Okay, I'm going to give them to you one more time. We'll do it a little faster. Headline number one. Failed nominee suing Congressional for allegedly slanderous questions. Let me back up. So if you want to play, use the chat. Use the chat. So uh, you're on a keyboard or if you're on your phone, it'll take a little bit longer. But enter into the chat which one you think is the fake. The heavyweight champion of the world, former, two-time, will monitor the chat. I can't see it from where I'm sitting, but he'll let me know how the vote is coming. And if you successfully identify the fake, all your dreams will come true. Failed Number one, failed Biden nominee suing Congressional Committee for allegedly slanderous questioning. So in other words, some of the questions you asked me slandered my persona, uh, slandered my person, and I want to get paid. Headline number two. Lindsey Graham. Lindsey Graham, talk about hot and cold, man. If you're a conservative, you love him sometimes, you can't stand him sometimes. Lindsey Graham warns, build back better is a spending orgy. Quote, spending orgy. Did he actually use those words? Headline number three, Trudeau's progressive policy could jail parents who treat their children's gender dysphoria. And headline number four, Kamala Harris bought $375 pot on Paris trip. Okay, you got those? So just in the chat room, you can just put in one, two, three, or four. You don't have to type the whole thing. And the Dancing Destroyer, the Count of Monte Fisto, will let me know how the vote is coming, if there even is one. And in a couple of minutes, I'll reveal whose dreams are going to come true. We got one vote for four. We got one vote for four, which is Kamala Harris and the $375 pot. And we have one vote for one. Okay, so we're splitting number one and number four. And anybody, if case you can't remember, number two is Lindsey Graham warns about a spending orgy. Number three is Justin Trudeau changing policy to jail parents for treating their children's dysphoria. Number one, or rather number four, is the 375 pot. And number one is an appointee who feels like he or she was libeled in front of the Congressional Committee and has decided, I want to get paid because that questioning was simply libelous, was slanderous. Okay, is that it? One for one and one for four? That's it so far. All right, get your votes in. Three, two, one. All right, so this is our lowest vote count ever. We gotta, we gotta kick this segment. I gotta find out. I gotta, I gotta come up with prizes that are more enticing that people want to win. How do you get better than all your dreams coming true? 
I, I don't know, man. I have, I, how is that possible even? Well, let's put up headline number one. So we'll take them in order. The individual who voted for headline number one, Clay, a, a, a Biden appointee, a nominee, who is going to sue the Congressional Committee for the slanderous questioning. So he's asking this person, are you a communist and, and what have you. Say, this is slander. The person who voted for this, all your dreams are about to come true. Because that headline is the fake. It is the fake. Although with the radical, the parade of radicals, and if you didn't see the last episode eight, Parade of Radicals, Uncle Tom Talks from last Thursday evening, you should watch it. I broke down the parade of radicals, some of these nominees that Biden administration sent to Congress for confirmation. And the questions they asked them weren't slanderous. They were all true. Just, people were just that radical. Headline number two. Calla Lilly has won with number one. Well, Calla uh, Lilly. Your... Lilly, Calla, all your dreams are going to come true. Headline number two, Lindsey Graham warns Build Back Better is a spending orgy. Actually came from KHBRK News. That is a real headline. Lindsey Graham, like I say, Lindsey Graham, you, just, you don't know what to make of the guy if you're a conservative. He's, I mean, he, he votes, his voting record actually is, is certainly better than anybody on the Democrat side, but you don't know what you're getting with. Senate Budget Committee member Lindsey Graham, Republican South Carolina, warned Biden's Build Back Bankrupt is a spending orgy that would be paving a path to socialism. Well, he didn't say anything that we don't already know, but that's what it is. The president's multi-trillion dollar spending package during a Friday press conference, Graham, Graham torched it after the Congressional Budget Office released their numbers on the proposal's effect on the deficit if its provisions were made permanent. Even Lindsey Graham, who is uh, a purple-red most of the time, uh, has, to come, has, to, has to call this thing what it is, a spending orgy. Headline number three, Trudeau's progressive policy could jail parents who treat their children's dysphoria. This comes from the BL, and this is absolutely remarkable. A pro-LBGT Canadian bill that bans what's known as conversion therapy which helps minors and adults with gender dysphoria pass the House of Representatives on Wednesday. Parents who object and raise their children according to their moral or religious beliefs could face a jail or pro-life organiza pro organization charges. So, in other words, they aren't your children. Okay, If you parent your children in a way that we, the state, do not approve of, you can be sent to jail and we'll take your children and put them into an environment that we think is more conducive for their for, for them to grow up in this is uh, this 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 has happened before uh, that's unbelievable that you the, the state the nation the, the government is actually saying 
If you parent your children in a way we don't approve of, we'll put you in jail. How terrifying is that? And number five, or excuse me, number four. Kamala Harris bought $375 pot on trip to Paris. This is true. This came from the Washington Free Beacon. If you've got it, heavyweight champ, bring it up. If not, no big deal. But here's how it reads. I'll give you the first couple lines. Amid economic turmoil and calls to buy local in the United States, Vice President Kamala Harris dropped nearly $400 for a single pot at a boutique shop in Paris, the Washington Free Beacon has learned. Overseas last week on a four-day diplomatic trip to mend the U.S. relationship with France, Harris stopped in an East Delarine, I can't pronounce that street, uh, stopped in at East Delarine, a pricey cookware outside the Louvre Museum, where she dropped hundreds of dollars on various kitchen items. The big ticket items, uh, the big ticket items in the hall were a $375 serving dish and a $160 frying pan. The Parisian specialty store told the Free Beacon, the vice president rounded out her purchase with various smaller accessories, such as a porcelain coquette and egg dick dish, a copper cleaner, and various wooden spoons, on and on and on it goes. These people are, it is amazing how tone deaf these people are. I mean, remember Nancy Pelosi with the gourmet ice cream? We keep our freezer stocked with gourmet. These people, most Americans right now, if they need to go out and buy a new pot or frying pan, they're going to Walmart and getting one for $19.99 plus tax, not a $400 one at a fancy boutique in Paris. It's like they don't even understand the optics of what they're doing. They do this all the time. You've got struggling, hurting people who had bologna sandwiches for Thanksgiving instead of a turkey because the turkey was 50 bucks. And here's the vice president jetting around France, buying $400 copper pots right in our faces. They can't see it. They legitimately can't see it. They, they don't even know what they look like. It's unbelievable. Biden spends something on a billionaire island and all this stuff. I mean, these people, it's incredible. It is truly incredible. And they are preying on the ignorance of the American people. This has been Uncle Tom Talks, the Build Back Bankrupt Edition, produced by the two-time heavyweight champion of the world, Apollo Creed. There will not be an Uncle Tom Talks on Thursday night. Uh, I will be traveling to Grand Junction, Colorado for my daughter's college graduation. So check this out. My wife and I have three kids. I don't talk about my kids a lot on the podcast. My son is an Air Force pilot, graduated the United States Air Force Academy 2018. He now flies jets for the Air Force. My daughter is 20 years old. Do the math. She's only 20. She's going to graduate next week friday this week in a few days she's going to graduate with a bachelor's degree in just two and a half semesters that's how big the brains are on this kid right 
and the acorn never falls far from the tree. She graduated from Colorado Mesa University in Grand Junction, Colorado. It was about a four or five hour drive. So we're going to head over there for her graduation ceremony and do all this other stuff. She's getting her degree in two and a half semesters because she took a college pathways uh, high school course uh, path. She didn't go to traditional high school. She went to college pathways where she took college courses and high school courses concurrently. So she accumulated 56 college credits when she graduated high school. We only need 120 for a bachelor's degree. So she walked on campus almost a junior the day she showed up at college, graduated with a 4.3 GPA overall, 3.88 in college. She is graduating cum laude Friday evening after just two and a half semesters, and there is already a bidding war amongst employers for her services. So she's got a job waiting for her when she graduates on Friday. Uh, her biggest challenge right now is picking which one she wants. That's how the Wilburns roll. Okay, that's how we get down. I didn't raise oppressed. <laughs> thank you, heavyweight champ. I didn't raise oppressed victims. I raised overcomers. I raised victors. That's what I'm talking about. Because in this country, the greatest in the history of the planet, no matter your skin color, if you're willing to pay the price, self-discipline, hard work, learn from mistakes do the things that need to get done in order to get ahead. And that doesn't include laying around in bed until noon every day, but get your butt up and get after it. You can become a success. My kids are living examples. So we're rolling out of here Thursday morning. There will not be Uncle Tom Talks. I'll see you next Tuesday night. Uh, put the text number up that people have to text. Spotify. Applecast, do everything. Give me a couple positive reviews. Need all the pub we can get. We're trying to get some traction. This is only my 10th episode, uh, but I'm lining up guests. We're going to be bringing on some faces that you know um, very, very soon. And do what you can to support Conservative Daily. Uh, great platform, great people. Joe Altman is under, under constant attack, uh, more so than me. He's, he's, he's really stuck his head up out of the fire, uh, out of the out of the foxhole. So uh, we all need your love, love and support. Blessings on you. Uncle Tom talks out. And before we go, please do uh, follow Derek. He has a link in the description where you can follow him on Apple Podcasts. So do that for my main man because uh, he's got some awesome, awesome, awesome stuff coming down the pipe. So until next time, this is Uncle Tom talks. See you, Derek. If you don't follow me, you're a racist. Amen.